0: AgriTalk is brought to you by Case IH. Solutions for every challenge, equipment for every farm. Case IH, built by farmers. And by Grounded. Spray smarter and improve herbicide performance with Grounded, a multifunctional adjuvant from Helena. The general strength in the grain and livestock markets yesterday gave way to general pressure today. Feeder cattle were the exception and posted solid gains, but... Only because corn was lower. And oh, yeah, surprise, surprise, the hog market roller coaster proved that what goes up must come down.
1: Live from George Washington Newsman Day via Farm <laughs> Journal broadcast, this is Agritalk. Talk. This afternoon, we'll talk with Mike Hobrock from The Andersons. Later, an extended remix from Todd Bubba Horwitz from BubbaTrading.com. I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson. Now, welcome the host of AgraTalk, Chip Laurie. All
0: right, Davis. Thank you so much. Let me do this here real quick. And send. Okay. There. Mm -hmm. The show rundown is coming your way because (laughs) maybe the lights are starting to flicker around here. The ice and the wind that was expected earlier today has arrived and Uh starting to starting to pile up out there just a little bit so just in case just in case i okay. sent it to you how's yeah. your day going there birthday man
1: really great really great
0: good yeah good good i see uh i see you got some some pretty smelly flowers there sure that, did. To, to light up your room sure did it smells yeah. better in here already yeah. Yeah, i'm sure it does <laughs> i'm sure it does okay um, I don't know if you've got your beep, beep 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 next to you or not, but I do have some breaking news that we should discuss. Neil Caskey, who is oh. a longtime nope. professional in the ag arena, has been tapped to lead the National Corn Growers Association as its new CEO. Neil Caskey, the new CEO of the NCGA. Now, for those of you that may or may not be familiar with uh, NCGA, Neil has been the vice president of communications there at NCGA at the National Corn Growers Association. I don't know for four years, maybe a little bit longer than that, but Mm -hmm. uh, uh, the guy gets stuff done. That's, uh, that's my impression of Neil and should be interesting. Of course, we will get Neil on the show and have a conversation of about his expectations and what the membership can uh, can expect from his leadership. Yeah. Um. Uh, as as soon as we can. So Neil Neil Kasky, the new CEO of the National Corn Growers Association. Well, congratulations, Mr. Yeah. Kasky. Yes, absolutely. Um. Okay. Normally, normally mm-hmm. we would have Bubba on in the the first segment of the show. Mm-hmm. He's a little busy this morning. he's got or this afternoon he's got some things going on and uh instead he will be joining us at the end of the show, which is good. gives us a couple more minutes well, to get his thoughts on the fed minutes.
1: I don't know <laughs> i don't I don't mean to be the suspicious type yeah, but I know, you know this this busyness I mean yeah. actually buys him an extra five minutes and fifty seconds on the show right, right. you know pretty convenient
0: yeah. He's I, I think maybe he was anticipating not a, not liking something somewhere in the Fed uh-huh. minutes and maybe uh, maybe thought that he was would have that to discuss. He's a slay, All right, that Bubba. Yeah, he is. He is. Let's get to it. What you got in the news?
1: Chip March hard red winter wheat futures plunged through support at 880 and closed below support of the February 10 low of 877. The next level of support is at the February third low of 868 in March HRW futures. A higher U.S. dollar pressured wheat futures for a second consecutive session. That's especially true after Russia had the lowest priced offer in Egypt's import tender. Traders also noted the winter storm in the central and northern plains as a source of price pressure. March hard red winter wheat futures 28 and one quarter cents lower, 876. March soft red wheat 14 cents lower, 736 and one half. March spring, we closed at 9.14 and one quarter down, 10 and one quarter cents. Chip, have we already erased anything that we gained this week? Yes,
0: uh, basically. Wow. Yeah, we, we absolutely have. And, and when you get a move like we've got in that HRW market in particular, you know, yesterday was trading solidly higher for a period of time. And then came back, fell back, posted that low range close, and that just started the the downside momentum in that market and it followed through followed through to today
1: well spillover pressure from sharp losses in wheat and from two dollar per barrel losses in crude oil futures dragged corn prices lower march corn opened slightly lower and tried to rally but futures posted a session low close just above support at last week's low of 673 and one quarter traders are looking for corn to stay in the sideways trading range at least until more is known about brazil's safrina. Ah, corn crop. (laughs) Plantings are running behind the year ago pace. And there's only about one week left in the optimal planting window for Brazil's double crop corn. March corn futures six and a half cents lower, 674. May corn down six and one quarter, 674 and one quarter. July corn futures closed at 664, down five and one quarter cents today.
0: Yeah, and keep in mind that optimal planting window, once you get past, and basically we're talking about the end of February. On, you, you want to get that Safrina corn crop planted, or they do, uh, by the end of February because when the dry season arrives, mm-hmm. it can be raining one day and it will shut off yeah. the next and not rain for, for six, eight weeks. So they need to get that crop planted in plenty of time to
1: take advantage of what will be left of the rainy season. Well, Chip, March soybean futures opened slightly lower. At 1550, then fell back to close near session lows. Yesterday's upside price gap between 1533 and one quarter and 1535 is the first level of support in front month beans. Profit taking on long meal short bean oil spreads drove meal prices to the downside while bean oil prices were mixed. Concern about Argentina's bean crop and the continued drought is expected to limit selling pressure in the soy complex, but Chart watchers warn downside momentum could be quick to build. If beans closed below yesterday's upside price gap, March beans were nine and one quarter cents lower at 1539 and a half. May beans down nine and one quarter, 1534 and three quarters. July beans closed at 1527 and one half down nine and one quarter cents chip.
0: Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm not saying that that one day's trade kind of drains momentum out of the market, but boy, it, it, it feels like the combination of yesterday's setback from the highs and then today's is, is kind of a turning point for the market. March meal today down $5.10. March soybean oil was actually up six, uh,
1: <laughs> six ticks. Oh, well, March cotton was 133 points higher at 82.25. On your livestock side, April fat cattle were two and a half cents lower, 165.07 and one half. June live cattle 22 and one half higher at 161.10 and March feeders up. $1.10, 187.97 and one half. And on the snout side, April lean hog futures $2.55 lower at 86.55. The June contract down $1.47 and one half to 103.80 chip. Yeah. The big problem in the hog market is the cash lean hog
0: index is trading at a big discount to the futures markets right now. And, and um, it, we've got, a, you know, there's quite a bit of time left before that April contract is going to be settled against the lean hog index. But jeepers, when we've got such a big premium, I, I mean, we're talking about, I think it's like 12 bucks, something like that. It mm-hmm. makes it really, really difficult to build the upside momentum. And that, uh, that the cattle trade, we're waiting for the cash cattle trade to develop. We know that supplies are tight. We know that packers need some animals. But... We've also got the cattle on feed report coming out Friday afternoon. So there may not be much cash trade until we get past that report on Friday afternoon. All right. Hey, thank you so much for listening, for joining us today. Uh, we've got a long ways to go. We've got Mark Holbrock from the Andersons coming up next right here on Agritalk. <laughs>
1: Chickens have come home to roost. Find out whose fence they're perched on today on (laughs) Agritalk. There's there's no phrase that you want to have the bump music interrupt (laughs) better than... Is there a problem over there?
0: (laughs) I love it. Cliffhanger. I love it, I love it. Yep, Yeah. Well, we're going to figure all that out, aren't we?
1: (laughs) Well, let me just say also, while we've got a moment here to figure that out, WRDN. Hello, yeah. WRDN. Yes. Oh, we'll just leave that at that. Yeah.
0: All right. Very good. Very good. Hey, let's <laughs> yeah. talk just a little bit about this weather, if we could, for a okay. moment before we get Mark on here. You mean uh, 63
1: heavy- degrees and, and sunny with a stiff breeze?
0: Uh, yeah, that's not what I've got is the lights oh. are flickering here Ooh. again in the bunker. Uh-huh. Uh, the, the ice and the light snow has arrived. I would imagine that that is going to be getting very slick. Uh, mm-hmm. the snow line has reached far enough north that now that it's got Minneapolis Ooh. they're talking about 24 25 inches of snow there yeah. uh, up in Wrdn country mm-hmm. uh, I mean the the forecast for Eau Claire Wisconsin yeah is is like three foot of snow mm-hmm. it could very well be the single biggest, one-day snow event in Wisconsin history.
1: See, and I'm all one. I mean, I do love a good eclair, but that's just too many. That's oh, excessive.
0: Oh, oh.
1: It's Eau excessive. Eau Claire. Eau Claire?
0: Eau Claire. Hmm. Not eclair. like Oklahoma? No. Osceola? Not- Oskaloosa? No.
2: no?
1: It's,
0: it's like none of that. I feel okay. like
1: I'm not. Are we talking the There's same language tornado- right now?
0: There is a tornado watch, tornado warning. Just outside of St. Louis, two tornado warnings. Wow! Just outside of St. Louis right now. She was Uh, New Jersey yesterday. Heavy rains. uh, Heavy rains at the Farm Journal studios there in South Bend, Indiana, where Big Apple Mm -hmm. Joe Stackler is. Okay, Big Apple. Let's get to him. Mark Holbrock from the Andersons joins us right now. Mark, it's good to talk with you.
4: Always great being on the show, Chip. Thank you very much.
0: Excellent, excellent. Okay, so. (laughs) USDA has the Ag Outlook Conference, or forum, uh, this week. I believe tomorrow morning we'll know the the Office of the Chief Economist's ideas on planted acres. Uh, get us ready for that. What What are you thinking as far as the acreage mix goes here in the U.S.?
4: Well, Chip, I'll, I'll give you. They just released it today. They just oh. released it like a half an hour ago, okay? okay. So it has U.S. corn plantings at 90.9 million acres okay i'm sorry it is tomorrow i'm just telling you the average of the estimates is 90.9 okay. okay and the soy estimate is 88.6 okay those are your average of your estimates we're towards the upper end of the range um we're closer to that 92 million corn acres which is the high yeah. um several others are in that high you'll see here uh, I'll, I'll forward you this email okay um but we're towards the upper end of it and i and i think as we talk acres um one thing we have to focus on is cotton prices where they're at, with yep. the mid south and the delta. With input prices coming down, a lot of those guys wait until you know springtime to make a lot of their input decisions. Yep. We feel we feel cotton acres are going to be down fifteen to maybe twenty five percent in some of those key states of Louisiana, Arkansas, in uh, North, northern Mississippi. So we we feel we pick up corn acres in those states as long as yeah. we get in the ground.
0: Yeah, I you know I'm I'm with you on this. Uh, I am usually the guy that is arguing. No, we can't get over 180 or 180.5 million corn and soybean acres combined. Mark, I think it might happen this year.
4: It very well could. I mean, I I go back to total acres back in uh, 2013, 2014, coming off the drought year 2012 and high prices, right? Where we planted, you know, over 320. 320- million acres to the seven major crops yep. uh, and we haven't been back to those type of levels since that 14 type year but can we go back there I don't know we've got urban sprawl we got mm-hmm. ground out of production CRP increase everything else but I'm of the opinion that we're gonna to try to plant everything we can as long as the weather's fit
0: there you go that's exactly right we've we've got to have the the cooperation from the weather to get that done especially when we're talking about North Dakota South Dakota uh, parts of Minnesota as well, because there's a snowpack that we're going to have to lose. But uh, yeah, if the weather cooperates, I think there's great opportunity to slide up to that 181. Yeah,
4: yeah, okay. great, great point for sure.
0: Yep. Hey, what does that do to your balance sheets? What do you What are you thinking there?
4: Hey, if we play 92, and you know, everybody can argue what trendline yield is. You throw a 178 type number in there, you're back to a 17 type carryout. That's a far cry from you know the one two or one three where we finished this year probably. Um, so just basically say we're adding five hundred million to the carryout year over year, and that's not spelling that's not spelling six dollar corn come fall.
0: Right, right. The speaking of average trade guesses, looks like the average trade guess going into this the the uh, uh, outlook for them. And you know what? I don't think they ever used to do that. Did they, Mark? Did they? Have they always done trade guesses? Going into the Outlook forum?
4: No, I, I don't remember, Chip. I don't think no. they have. And that's why they're, they're pulling it out now. Like I said, about 90.9 corn acres and the 88.6 million bean acres.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they've done it the last couple of years, but it, it just seems excessive <laughs> to me to, yeah. to be doing these, these average trade guesses. But the average trade guess on corn for the First unofficial look from USDA at the twenty three twenty four marketing year one point eight zero nine billion bushels. I mean, yeah, that softens it up, puts a little more cushion on the supply side, but that's that's not a burdensome supply of corn, is it, Mark?
4: Uh, we still got to get over two billion to be a burdensome supply of corn, right? And I just, yeah. who, who knows if we can get there? But that would take a, a closer to ninety two, ninety three million acre number with a, you know, 178 plus yield to get us above 2 billion. Um, I'm not in that camp today, but I'm in the camp of that 1.7, like we mentioned earlier. That's 500 million higher than what we're going to be this year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you said it probably doesn't support $6 corn. Does it, how much downside risk does that open up?
4: Chip, that is the million-dollar question, and, and I, I was waiting for you to ask it because I was, I was trying to anticipate it. So here's, here's the thing. The, these funds, right, these funds drive this market space more than you and I had ever dreamed of being in the business for 20-plus years. You've been in the business longer than I have. Um, if these funds decide to get rid of the inflation hedge, inflationary hedge, which I don't see it today, but it could happen, just like it happened in 2013, and these funds decide to go short, like they did in 2013, 2014, all the way up, up until 2020, we're going to drive this thing lower. And it ever needs to go. Now, is that put three in front of corn? I'm not here telling your listeners around the three in front of corn, but I definitely think it could have an upper four in front of corn if we raise the crop. And if the funds decide to go short, yeah. I think that's the risk. We've all got to look uh, to Wayne as farmers out here is what is our risk to the downside? If these funds decide to flip. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, um, Significant, I think, would be the best way to say what our risk is to the downside if the funds flip. So, with what about on the soybean side of things, uh, Mark? The average trade guess on the the carryover for 23-24 uh, is 319 million bushels. Um, again, it's more beans. I get that. It doesn't feel burdensome yet, does it?
4: No, absolutely not. I mean, to feel to feel burdensome, you've got to take that above 400. Yeah. Uh, in in my mind, where we were three short years ago, right? It wasn't too long ago. We were with the, with the Chinese um, issues we were having, you know, between the, the trade wars or whatever you want to call them. You know, we were well over 400 carryout, but I think that's 400 million carryout is burdensome supply. But again, I think the focus is we have to see, you know, new crop, new 23 futures at $14 again yesterday. Um, I think that is an opportunity to layer your first sales in here, uh, with where crop insurance averages are going to be, um, and, and look to protect some downside. Now, can we take beans back to the single digit prices? No, but uh, I shouldn't say no. It's a long time coming, I think, but I think we could see the downward pressure. If these funds go short, beans have some type of an 11 number in front of them instead of a 14.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, Boy, talk about risk worth protecting. Is is it just that time when when we should be looking at building a price floor in the markets?
4: I think it's a good start. Um, I'm not real nervous putting the floor under everything. We've got the crop insurance guarantees that we'll have here at the end of the month. You know, it looks like we're going to shake out somewhere around you know five ninety four five ninety five on corn, thirteen seventy, call thirteen eighty on soybeans. We'll, we'll find out here in about yeah. six trading days, right? Yeah. Um, but I think that gives us a floor. I think we've got time here until we make sure this crop gets in the ground. But I think my message to all your listeners is by Father's Day weekend, it used to be fourth of July weekend, this market was make or break. Right? Early in your career, early in my career, it was fourth yeah, yeah. of July. Now I think we've moved planning dates up enough um and with better technologies that I think yeah. that new new window is Father's Day weekend that I wanna be crop insurance level, sold in, protected today. Somehow, someway, with some type of push strategy, uh, a min max strategy, something of that nature, by Father's Day weekend.
0: Gotcha. Okay, excellent. We are in the middle of a conversation with Mark Hobrock from the Andersons. Let's talk messages from the cash market. That's next.
2: Go on the offensive against weeds with Antares Complete from Helena.
1: Time now for news of note from Pro Farmer, Ukraine will ask Turkey and the United Nations this week to begin talks to roll over the Black Sea grain deal, seeking an extension of at least one year. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg wants tougher regulation on high-hazard flammable trains and stiffer penalties for violations in the aftermath of the chemical train derailment in Ohio. The European Union slashed its natural gas demand this winter by almost one-fifth, beating a voluntary 15% goal that was made to help it survive the heating season with much lower Russian flows. President Biden is keen to avoid a surge of asylum seekers when Title 42 expires in Maine, and Canadian super pigs are poised to infiltrate the northern United States news of notice taken from the pages of Pro Farmer. Get more at tryprofarmer.com Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. We've cleared the schedule for you! Give us a call at 855-482-5524 and join the conversation.
0: Davis. I think Big Apple Joe Stacker might have talked that into happening right there, that bump.
1: I think he might have, yes. Yes. We had a little Van
0: Halen conversation going during the break there, guys. Mm -hmm. And then it shows up, like, out of nowhere. It's there. Weird. Weird. It's
1: like my
5: iPhone. It hears everything I say.
1: Uh (laughs) Yeah. We pull exactly. the future forward. We pull the future forward here on AgriTalk. We make Talk. it happen. It's just what we do. That's right. We can't even we shut it off now, you know? It, That's the thing. Well, would you want to if you could? We'd sh- we, we would if we could, but we can't. Really? But we can't. What can. are we going to do?
0: We can't. All right. Welcome back. We're in the middle of a conversation with Mark <laughs> Hobrock from the Andersons. First, Davis, go ahead and recap where the market's closed.
1: March HRW wheat futures 28 and 1 quarter cents lower 876. March soft red wheat off 14 cents 736 and 1 half. March corn futures were 6 and 1 half cents lower at 674. July corn futures closed at 664 down 5 and 1 quarter cents. March soybean futures 9 and 1 quarter cents lower 1539 and 1 half. July beans closed at 1527 and 1 half down 9 and 1 quarter cents. March cotton was 133 points higher at 82.25. Livestocks, April live cattle, two and one half cents lower, 165.07 and one half. March feeders up $1.10, 187.97 and one half. And April lean hogs, $2.55 lower, 86.55. And also PS, shout out to Bettendorf, Bettendorf, (laughs) Iowa. (laughs) That's your quick market recap back to you.
0: Excellent. Thank you so much, Davis. Mark Hobrock is with the Andersons. Um, spent a lot of time talking about acreage, impact on balance sheets, impact on prices, uh, building a price floor in that last uh, uh, segment, uh, Mark. But let, let's talk a little bit of the old crop right now, because there is still old crop in the bin. The uh, what What messages are you picking up from the cash market right now?
4: Cash market beans are going to stay strong, right? I mean, we've got internal demand on the bean side of things. It's going to keep it strong. We're still exporting a few beans, but now is when the the trade focuses on South American weather, which we've seen Argentina, and we'll get into that here in a little bit, I'm sure. But um, I I think beans are going to stay supportive. They always stay supportive, and it's going to be your internal crush demand, if you will, to stay supportive on that side. So I'm not really nervous on beans, but, again, I think you get $15.50-plus cash beans, $15-plus cash beans in the West that's an opportunity to sell them. Remember, you put them away. A lot of places have beans in the $12 cash market, uh, $12 to $13 for sure in the fall when you put them away. So I think it's a good return on your investment to get these beans sold. Uh, Corn, corn, on the other hand, guys, um, exports are slipping. Uh, They continue to slip each month. We've been waiting for China to come in here and look at exports. I think the export corridor is is quickly slowing even further than what we thought it would three months ago. Um, So again, your internal demand, your feedlots, uh, your ethanol markets are going to drive drive the the pace here, and your rail shippers are going to drive the pace here on old crop corn. But old crop corn basis, just for example, let's talk Western Nebraska, Kansas, Colorado. Um, all fall along, we saw you know a dollar over yeah. Western Nebraska trade. We saw you know seventy five over Central Nebraska trade. We saw a buck seventy to two dollars over trade in Colorado, Kansas, Texas, yep. Oklahoma. I mean those markets today, Chip, have dropped. I mean you got Texas trading probably one seventy today. You got Kansas trading, you know, $1.20 to $1. thirty, And you've got Nebraska, Western Nebraska, trading a lot of 40 to 60 over today. So I think the farmers got blindsided and thought, well, the crop was lower out there. and It's the worst crop they've had since 2012 that they thought basically do, anything, do everything but appreciate, right? They were waiting for that base to appreciate, get the levels we saw last summer. And can we get there in June, July, August? Maybe with a crop problem. But today, one thing we forgot about, I think, is farmers. Is Illinois corn, the BNSF put rates in the Dodge City, Scott City, uh, Garden City, Kansas. And I think the, the big parts of what happened there was that rail corn moved out of Illinois because of the limited export demand and moved into the Kansas, Colorado market. And that area was rail replacements to truck replacement. So the Western corn bases are really taking a beating here. And I think they'll appreciate again when we, when we get into planting season in the summer months. Okay. But I don't think it goes back anywhere where, where we were last fall.
0: Okay, all right yeah what an awesome point that you're making there Mark about relocating some of these supplies to where they need to be. I'm going to go back even further back to the 9596 marketing year when you know the 95 crop was not nearly as good as what they were hoping for. and it took basically one you know even at this time, one ethanol producer to relocate supplies from the ethanol market. It wasn't that big I get it but they they moved the supplies from the ethanol production into back into the feed market and that was it. that that was it for the basis market across the across the country it was just a a phenomenal change in a very short period of time and and uh, uh it it reminds me it reminds me of that seeing the corn move out of that export market into the feedlots so okay um what what does it tell us about, uh, old crop corn marketing then? I mean, d- if a guy's got some in the bin, is it time to let it go?
4: I, I think it's the tale of two scenarios, right? We look at what we call the eastern corn belt and western corn belt. Western corn belt seven fifty cash needs sold, in my my opinion. Eastern corn belt seven dollar cash corn needs sold. I just don't know how long we keep playing this thing. And obviously, as the farmers go to the field, historically basis appreciates, right? Yep. Um, but does it appreciate? 40 cents from here? I don't think so, but 10 to 15, maybe 20 cents, it can appreciate. I think 750 corn in the west and seven other corn in the east needs sold on this old crop corn. And if you yeah. want to hang on to 15, 20% to see what planting progress is and maybe a summer weather scare, that's up to you guys. But I, I know what return on investment I have at seven dollars corn in the east and it pays lots of bills.
0: Yeah. Yep. Okay. So does the structure of the corn market make sense to you? May, at six seventy four July six sixty four September six oh seven. Yeah, just call it six ten, make it easier for my math. Um does does that structure make sense to you?
4: Today today it does, and the reason being is we still are trying to figure out what exports are gonna be. I I think we're down at least four hundred million year over year, and that could push to half a billion or five hundred million here pretty quick. Okay. okay. So the structure makes sense today as guys are buying just-in-time needs. Your cattle feeders, your ethanol guys are buying just-in-time needs. My concern, and and we saw the basically March-May go back to a small carry today. The May-July is still in the inverse, and obviously the July CEP is in the inverse. Mm-hmm. I think I'm comparing this to 2013, and this inverse yeah. goes away with good planting pace, a decent crop coming. This inverse could go away by the time we get to July 1
0: okay yeah and it's, it's been some... three
4: three long years of trading the inverted market which creates lots of opportunity lots of volatility but it could go away this year like it yeah. did in 2013.
0: get back into a carry market okay uh, yeah right, because right now right now the combination of basis even though the basis has come off the highs uh the combination of the basis in this this bull spread market it's it is asking for some corn yet. There's, uh, I don't, I don't think there's any question about that. The the soybean side of things, you said we're still exporting some beans. I heard more chatter yesterday about the, you know, we're going to see some bean export cancellations. Do you think that's right? I mean, I know that Brazil's at a what 80 cent discount, something like that, to the U.S. right now. But we are going to see some uh, some U.S. bean export sales wash out.
4: Chip, I still think we got to get a better idea of the Argentina crop before we see yeah. what export sales wash out. I, I think we're a good 30, 45 days away from knowing what the Argentine crop is. We had the frost over the weekend in some areas. Who knows what that brings? <laughs> uh, but I think we're you know thirty to forty five days out from any mate from any meaningful cancellations, in my opinion, on the, the U.S. exports on beans. Yeah. Did, did
0: that freak it freaked me out when i saw that there was frost in argentina over the weekend i it's the middle of august down there and they're getting frost mark
4: Mate, you, you talk about kicking the argentine farmer when you're down i mean that's just <laughs> another another thorn in the side right
0: oh man unbelievable unbelievable um okay just we've only got about a minute and a half left here well, a couple of minutes left um your general take on the commodity world right now, throw the dollar in there, throw the energies in there, uh, whatever you want to uh, to include in the group, what's your take on commodities?
4: Chip, I'll go back and look at a, a 60, 90, 120-day chart on anything from crude to the dollar to wherever, right? We're range bound. I think that's yeah. the, the message I've given our crew. Is range bound is where we're at. Old crop corn's been in the six sixty to six ninety range. Yeah. Beans been in that fourteen fifty to fifteen fifty futures range. Wheat's been in that seven to eight dollar range, depending on what Putin decides to attack over a weekend. <laughs> and crude oil's been in the seventy to eighty dollar barrel range. Uh, the dollar's been in the you know dollar to call it you know one ten range. So range bound is where we're at. And gun to my head, where are we ninety days from now? As long as we don't have any hiccups, planning it looks to me like this next push is lower not higher without planning concerns
0: mm-hmm. yeah yep yeah, that is i think what you just gave me is the consensus attitude i'm ready to call it now i i talked a little bit about it yesterday that it seems the guest analysts are leaning to the downside and and this i am too i am too and and the conversation that we just had Mark kind of pushes me over the edge to call the the consensus uh, uh, expecting some lower prices in here. So, you know, I kind of joked yesterday and said, "So get ready for this market to move to the upside and move to levels that we've never seen before." Because here we are, all loaded up on one side of the canoe now,
4: Mark. I, I Chip, I agree, and I think a lot of people's getting on the same boat. But the, yeah. the bigger equation is, I think we've got volatility here, so we make yeah. sure we get on the ground. So we've got sixty. Gotcha. 60- possibly 90 days to get a plan in place and protect what we have. Good news is input prices are dropping. A lot of people have input spot. A lot of people don't have input spot, but inputs are coming down. Our costs are shrinking, if you will, to a certain degree. Yep. But we've got the opportunity here to protect some, some prices with
2: good floors.
0: Outstanding, Mark. Good stuff, man. Thank you so much. Mark Hobrock from the Andersons.
2: Go on the offensive against weeds with Antares complete from Helena.
3: The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to five thousand dollars towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com/farmincentive to see if you're eligible. In the morning, you're coffeeed up,
1: and you're thinking. In the afternoon, you've calmed down, but you're still thinking. We're here all day. Agritalk.
0: Oh, you want me to do this? You You still there? Yeah, I'm here. here. I didn't know. I thought maybe you'd hop in there.
1: Oh. Welcome back to AgriTalk, everybody. <laughs> I'm totally paying attention. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, well, you know, it's your birthday. I guess we can cut you a little bit of slack on that. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. And yeah. I probably will do both of those things that uh, KC and the Sunshine Band was talking about. <laughs> hey, In easy. Fact, I may have already done one of them.
0: Easy. Huh? Huh? Easy. I'm telling you. Hey, this storm that, yes. you know, some of us are dealing with. Yes. I understand. Not all of us. The southern outpost looks pretty clear right now. It's this lovely. storm has developed into what we thought it might be. Yeah, it really has. Yeah, because
1: sometimes you hear a forecast and it's like you're going to get smashed with snow and ice. It's going to be awful. Right. And then right. like nothing really happens. Yep. You got to stay diligent because sometimes it does happen. <laughs>
0: That's exactly right. Exactly right. And it it's not just the ice and that wind and the snow mm-hmm. in the upper Midwest. I mean, Illinois right now is a severe storm. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, the whole state is a severe storm. Um, it, it It is really something to behold. And northern Indiana up into Michigan, uh, it, it is happening out there. And we've got to watch what's happening further to the south. So, please, just keep a heads up. Yep. Uh, Tennessee, Kentucky looks like kind of a bullseye Could be for, for this afternoon. Yeah. Yep. So, please yep. be careful. Please keep an eye on it. And, Davis, I've got to ask mm-hmm. you to also be careful as Sorry. we welcome in Hello. Todd Horowitz, BubbaTrading.com. How you doing, <laughs> Bubba! <laughs>
5: Happy birthday, Davis Michaelson, the handsome newsman. <laughs>
1: well, thank you so much. Thank you very much.
5: <laughs> What's How you doing, up, Bubba? fellas? We got good news from the Fed. They're raising rates again. They want to go to fifty basis points again. What? What a shock! We yeah. we talked about that every week. These guys, the the imbeciles, want to raise rates again. <laughs> Keep raising them. We'll, we'll we'll put everybody out of business. No CO two, no no gas, no nothing. We're just <laughs> we're gonna live in the metaverse. <laughs>
0: Live in the metaverse. Gosh, I hope not, because I don't understand that at all. You know?
5: Well, we're going to farm in the metaverse. There's no cost to it, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so it, it sounds like that based on what you just said, I have not seen any reports on the minutes. I've been busy. But it, they must have tossed around the idea of a half basis point increase uh, in the January-February meeting when they raised it a quarter of a point. Is that what I'm hearing?
5: Correct, and they're they're now saying is they're going higher. The ten-year notes are going to get to six percent, which means that the average interest rate that people would pay for a home will be about ten, and that's about right. That's where it's going to be. Uh, they there more members are in favor of raising, and of course, listen when you when you have no production and you produce nothing now, and you became totally a service industry. The only way they can try to slow slow inflation, which they can't, is by raising your rates. As dumb as you can get, Chip. I mean, look, I went to the grocery store the other day. My bill was 40% higher than it was the last time I went. 40%. But we only have a 6.5% inflation. That's what they're telling us. And again, this is being totally mismanaged. Instead of letting the free market just trade it the way it should be traded, you've got manipulation because they've got other parts of their agenda that they're working on. And, of course, obviously with this administration and their, their climate change, which they have no plan for, and Biden being in Ukraine and Poland instead of Ohio, where he should be, uh, you know, it, it just shows you that they have no regard for for money and dollars. Right. Okay. And anytime um, the grains look good, they're going higher, even though they were down today. They, <laughs> they just won't break out of this range, but they're going to break out. They're, we're getting a big market. That, that's okay, my. Bu- bu- call. I'm standing bu- by my call. They may okay. run me over with a truck, but I'm standing by it.
0: Okay i just wrapped up a conversation with mark hobrock and, and, and from the andersons and he was kind of the last straw in this because the guest analysts have been lining up more and more with that downside bias in the market and i i'm i'm leaning that way as well what happens if you don't get your this the rally what happens if if the market does start to so, show some weakness do you do you get on the short side of it?
5: Well, if we break down, I'll get on the short side. I'm not afraid to change direction. But right. think of it this way every time we've tried to break, and I'm talking about really break, right? You get wheat below $7, get corn below $6. We can't get there. Yes, December is, but the what we're trading right now, they cannot break it. They have tried a number of times. And it is my opinion that the funds are trying to sit on these because they're really being buyers as they get the, the week they shake the week hands out and they're accumulating. And eventually they're gonna get we're gonna get a short squeeze, in my opinion, that will start the big bull trend that we're gonna get. I think we're gonna get it in a lot of these markets because you can see how tight they're winding okay in consolidation. Look at cotton. It hasn't gone more than you know a yeah. nickel either way in in, okay. in, in, in six yep. months basically. I mean it looks ugly but it's really just stuck between eighty and eighty five.
0: Well yeah and I 4, think when you look cents.
5: across the board You're going to see these markets start to to break out and move once we can settle and see what's going on. And we get some participation, which I think you're going to start to see when these equities start to crumble a little bit more. I think you're going to see a short squeeze, which will then be followed by a a sustainable rally leading to a big market in commodities. Gotcha. Okay.
0: All right. Hey man, thanks for making time. I know you're, you are busy 100% of the time, but uh, really, I want to be, this is my
5: favorite place. I'm here every Wednesday. I don't miss unless I make a mistake. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Love you, buddy. We'll talk to you later.
5: Hi, right, babe. Thanks, right. guys.
0: That is uh, Todd Horwitz, Bubba Trading. Davis, as big as today's yes. shows were, yes, um, we have got them just packed up for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow morning, we've got Ethan Lane from NCBA. We've got Lance Honig from NAS. Uh, we're working a couple of other angles. We've got Kurt Kimmel for tomorrow afternoon so i'm really looking forward to that yeah and i'm gonna go ahead and take you on out to monday okay okay all right all right here we go neil Kasky, the brand new we got just him just like announced, that announced just announced new ceo at the national corn growers association wow. will be our guest on monday morning looking good work to that got conversation people. yeah yep All right. Hey, thank you so much for listening today. We will talk to you again, 10.06 Central Time, tomorrow morning here on Agritalk.